may your presence go before us, behind us, beside us, and all around us, because you are always within us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So the last time we started a series called The Path, in which we said that there's an unbreakable principle in this universe that, that if you try to break it, it will actually break you. And it's, we call it the principle of the path, which says that your direction determines your destination. And in fact, we went a little bit further in it because it doesn't matter what you hoped would happen or what you wanted to happen. Your direction, not your intentions, your direction determines your destination. Doesn't matter how smart or how good looking or how rich you are, if you get on I 40 and you start heading east, you will eventually end up in Wilmington. See, the principle is not rocket science, but when it comes to geography, we understand it perfectly. But when it comes to the other areas of our lives, relationships, finances, morality, our eating habits, exercise, being, developing skills that will make us competent and valuable in our jobs, we often talk one way and hope to wind up somewhere in the opposite direction. See, it's your direction, not your intention, not your hopes, not your dreams, it's your direction that determines your destination. See, this is the hinge on which everything we're going to talk about today swings. And we're going to build on that in a few minutes. But before we do, I just wanted to show something from the Bible and specifically about the book of Proverbs, which is what this series is based upon. If you ever looked at the, the, the table of contents for the Old Testament, the Old Testament's divided into three main sections. The first 17 books of the Old Testament are the books of history. They tell the history of the people of Israel and God's preparation for the coming of his son. The next five books are the books of poetry. They teach us the wisdom of Israel. Those five books are Job, which answers the question, why is there so much pain in this life? And how do I deal with it? The book of Psalms said, points heavenward and teaches us how to walk with God. The book of Proverbs is are aimed earthward and teach us how to walk with people. The book of Ecclesiastes is a treatise on the nature of life. And then the Song of Solomon is an ode to romantic love. And then the final 17 books of the Old Testament are the books of the prophets. Let's jump into Proverbs today. We're going to start at the very beginning in the prologue, Proverbs chapter 1. Solomon, the primary author of Proverbs, tells us why the book of Proverbs was written. And this is what he tells us. They were written for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. 
let's be honest, who wouldn't want that? God intended the composition of this book that we call Proverbs so that we could become wise, so that we would know how to live this life well. See, in this section, in the prologue, a word appeared twice there. I don't know if you caught it, but it appeared twice, and it's a word that, quite frankly, we don't use very often. But it's an amazing word because if you can master the skills that that word implies, your life will be better. That word is prudent, or the adjective prudence. To be prudent means to know what to do to exercise good judgment or to have common sense. And we don't use this word very much in our everyday language, but the book of Proverbs uses it a lot. Solomon compares and contrasts prudent people with a second kind of people that you really don't want to be a part of, the simple people. Nobody really wants to be called simple in this world, do we? Later in Proverbs, Solomon says this. He says, flog a mocker, and the simple will learn prudence. Rebuke the discerning, and they will gain knowledge. In other words, some people learn by verbal instruction. A friend points out something that they are doing wrong, and they learn from it. Other people, simple people, have to be whipped or beaten in order to learn a lesson. Another place in Proverbs that says, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Simple people let their emotions get the best of them. They get mad, they go into a rage, they spout off and complain when things don't go their way. But prudent people, they know how to control themselves how to take things in stride. Let me give you another example. The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. Simple people get fooled easily. Prudent people use their brains, they use their intellect. Can you imagine if we mastered the art of prudence? How much easier would life be Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 3 says, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 12 says, Wait a minute, it's the exact same verse. It's repeated twice in Proverbs. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple Keep going and pay the penalty. It's the exact same proverb just recorded in two different places. So why would God do that? Why would this proverb be recorded twice? Here's my take on it. God put proverbs in the Bible to make us smarter at living life. God put this proverb in the Bible twice because he thinks it's doubly important that we learn its lesson. Since people, some people, simple people, need to be flogged to learn lessons, why, while prudent people just need a word? So let me give you some words today about prudence. 
The prudent see danger and take refuge. But the simple keep going and pay the penalty. The last time we learned that our path is of paramount importance, then the logical next question, if the path is of paramount importance, how do you choose the right path? How do you figure out what path you should be on? Or in some cases, how do you figure out which path to get off of? See, the proverb is telling us this. The primary difference between the prudent and the simple is not what they see. It's how they respond to what they see. The prudent see danger, and they take refuge. The simple see danger, and they keep on going. Both of them see the danger. One responds by changing course. The other keeps on going and hopes that the danger will somehow magically never arrive. Like burying your head in the sand and saying, if I can't see it, well, then it must not be able to see me. If I ignore it, even if I know it's out there, if I ignore it, well, then it somehow can't hurt me. You can see why Solomon would call people who act like that simple. The prudent make course corrections. See, I talked last time about hiking and how I love to go hiking, and if I haven't had a chance to do it in probably about 10 years or so. And if you're hiking, sometimes when you're following the blaze on a hiking trail, you get to an area and you don't quite know which direction the trail goes. There's a couple places it could go, so you, you choose one. And you start walking for a little while, and, and you notice that you're not seeing the blaze anymore. You've drifted off of the trail. So you backtrack, and you figure out where you went off the trail at, and you get back on the right path. Now, it's a little bit more complicated than that when it comes to real life. See, part of choosing the right path is getting off of the wrong path saying this behavior, this habit, this relationship, this, whatever it happens to be in your life, whatever it happens to be, whatever that is, is leading me somewhere that's going to hurt. So I'm going to get off of this path and get on a better one. See, unlike the prudent, the simple just keep right on going. When a prudent person senses a relationship is moving in an unhealthy direction, they do something about it. The simple just keep on going. When a prudent person sees financial trouble out on the horizon, they do something about it. But the simple just keep on spending. When a prudent person realizes that God is the most important person in the universe and that their relationship with him isn't growing the way it should be, they do something about it. The simple just keep on doing whatever they were doing that took their time away from God. So just so we're clear, the second half of that proverb says the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Penalty for what? The penalty for refusing to act on what they see. They pay the penalty because they see no connection between the choices of today 
and the experiences of tomorrow. They overlooked the fact that every path has a destination. And here's the sad part about it, about not making a course correction. Not only does a simple person find himself paying the penalty, but often a lot of people around that person pays the penalty too. Family, co-workers, church members. See, the following scenario describes how the simple react to problems. Simple would sit there and say, you know, that's, that's probably going to be a problem. I really ought to do something about it. Are you going to do something about it? No, I'm just going to keep on going. But don't you see the problem? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I see it. But shouldn't you do something about it? I mean, I should. I mean, you're right. You're right. I mean, I should do something about it. So then what are you going to do? Nothing. I'm just going to keep on going. Well, okay, don't you see the problem? Yeah, I mean, I probably should stop it. I mean, I should. I, I'm not arguing with you. Well, then what are you going to do? Just going to keep on going. See, the simple thinks that I'm going to drive toward a brick wall. But when I get there, somehow, magically, I'm not going to hit the wall. See, they think that if I just keep going. I'm just going to keep going, and when I get there, it's, it's just going to somehow magically work itself out. Something will happen, or maybe I'll think of something right when I get there. The simple just keep going. They keep going through the motions over and over again, and I think that's part of the definition of insanity. We would hate to be called simple. But if you're 30 years old, if you're 50 years old, even if you're 15 years old, if you see a problem in the future because of the path that you are on, then you need to do something about it. You need to get off of that path. You, you don't, if you don't, well, then you're simple. If a parent notices that their son or daughter tends to talk back and lose their temper, as they grow a little bit older, they, they do the same thing with their teachers or coaches. The parent thinks, when they grow up, this could be a problem. But figuring out how to positively and encouragingly teach their child how to submit and to take direction is just too painful for them. So they don't do anything. They hope that by luck, or anticipated, unanticipated circumstances, their little hothead will somehow grow out of his temper tantrums or hissy fits. But as that child grows up, they go from job to job to job because they can't control their mouth and they keep getting fired. A couple of things, you know, we really should get on a budget. We need to figure out where our money is going so that we can give to God and give to others and have money set aside for retirement. But then the bling catches their eyes. And, and besides, we all know budgeting is boring. So they drive toward that brick wall, hoping that something miraculous will happen just before they hit it. So how do you choose the right path? Here's, here's the key. 
Here's the key to choosing the right path. Prudent people know that it's not what they see that makes a difference. It's what they do. So prudent people do something about it. They make a course correction. So how do you make a course correction? You do something. You take action. You step off of a path and get on to another one. And it is almost always hard. Because we are creatures of habit. Creatures of momentum. We naturally continue to do what we are used to doing. If we were used to overeating, well, overeating feels natural to us. If we're, if we're used to losing our temper, well, losing our temper is natural to us. If we're used to online chat rooms or indiscreet pictures, that's what we're used to. Momentum carries us in the same direction. So changing direction means you almost always have to give up something. And there's a corollary to what we're saying. When you see danger, it almost always requires a sacrifice. Which, if we're honest, is why we don't do it. We don't like to make a sacrifice. And this is where it gets kind of ironic. When prudent people act, they often look foolish. They do things that others aren't doing. They swim against the current. They act as if then is now and change course before they ever come face to face with that brick wall that they've been running towards. And when you behave prudently, you usually suffer embarrassment. People don't understand why you make that course correction because nobody else is doing it. This leads to the final stage of making a course correction that someday, someday, you can breathe a sigh of relief. You know what's kind of funny about this proverb? The exact same story that we were told as kids. Story of the three little pigs. You remember the story, don't you? One built a house out of straw. Another built a house out of sticks. But when the big bad wolf comes along and he huffs and he puffs and he blows their houses down. Solomon would call these two guys simple pigs. But the third little pig, he was prudent. He built a house out of bricks. Why? Because he saw danger coming, and he built a refuge. We all know that life is hard, and it's going to bring us challenges. Prudent people plan for them. If you're married, some type of challenge will stretch and will strain your relationship at some point during your marriage. Prudent people understand that. So they don't take their marriages for granted. They work on them in the good times so they have more strength to weather the bad times. I don't know about you, but I don't want to hit any more walls. The most important being in this world is God. The most important thing on this earth are our relationships. 
Nobody ever gets to their deathbed wishing they had more money. They might have wished that they had a better body so that they could have lived longer. They might have wished that they had lived better morally so that people would think better of them. But almost everyone on their deathbed wishes they had more time with their family and with their friends. And everyone on their deathbed wants to be right with God. Imagine. Imagine if every single one of us in this room or watching online, imagine if every single one of us loved God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like the Bible says that he wants us to. Imagine how great a place this would be as we were becoming more and more like God in our character. Our church, this church, would be a reflection of heaven. If we loved God enough, We'd actually spill our influence out into the community more and more as each year passes. Imagine if your reputation, your morals, and what people thought of you was exactly what you'd want them to think of you. Imagine if we no longer hit any walls. That'd be the good life, wouldn't it? Let's not waste another minute that leads us to somewhere we don't want to go. Take some time this week to reflect, to re redirect, to potentially make a course correction. See, it's your, it's your direction. It's not your intentions that will determine your destination. The prudent see danger, and they take refuge. They get off the wrong path, and they do everything they can to get back onto the right one. They make a course correction. They don't just think about it. They don't just worry about it. They actually do it. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of running in to brick walls. Last night, I sent an email to the church board resigning as the pastor of the church. It's time. I've been up here for about 10 years. It's time for me to make a decision that's best for me, for Amy and I, for my relationship with God. It's time for this church to have some fresh passion, fresh set of eyes. It's time to make a course correction. I love everyone here. This is still my home church. I'm not going anywhere. I just won't be the leader anymore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the wisdom we receive in the book of Proverbs. When you make a course correction, people don't understand. They think it looks foolish. You have to give up something, something that you work extremely hard for. But at the end of the day, my relationship with you, God, my relationship with my wife, has to take precedent. I'm tired of running into brick walls. I'm tired of just going through the motions. Help me as I make a course correction. 
But my prayer is more for this church. Help this church to continue to be a beacon of light into this community. Help them to reach those who don't know you, who are far from you. Help them to spread the love and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.